This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, guys, I guess it's time. We've put it off long enough. Michigan are officially national champions. Yeah, I, lo- I love that we didn't start with it, by the way. I love that we were like, you know what? It's too painful. Let's talk about something positive before we go to that. Now here we are. I, I couldn't do it, and it wasn't because it's painful. It's I just couldn't give those Michigan bastards that are bleep posting us in our comments. But uh, which, keep doing it. No, no, no. Don't give the thank secret Thank you away. for the views. No, yes. Thank, thank you, you for the, the listens. <laughs> well, we appreciate that. Keep bleep posting us. But I just couldn't give them that meat. But I, you are a little bit more upset about what this means than I am. So I just want to yeah. give you a, a little bit of runway here to kind of unload what you think yesterday meant and what it, you know, how, how it kind of correlates to Ohio state football. I, well, I think I've kind of set the tone for my thoughts on it in a couple of previous episodes too. Like there's a, there's a couple obvious things. The first one being it's your biggest rival winning a national championship game in your face. And there's no way Michigan fans were like happy about, uh, Ohio State fans like, oh, well, this is good for the Big Ten, and this makes that loss to Ohio State at the end of the season feel better when they won a national championship in 2014. So, like, I think that's an obvious one. I also think to the point I made a couple shows ago, like, this is basically the culmination of Michigan taking everything from you. Like, you were that team. You were the team that was the national title contender. You were the team who was going out and winning on that stage, and now they've reversed it and and, and taken you down three years in a row – and now they're winning national championships. So there's those two things. But I also think, too, and I said this last night, part of why this – like I see the perspective that you bring to the table of, well, shouldn't this make you feel better? And on some level, I get it because, listen, you watched that game last night. You if, if you, you kind of went – you walked away from that feeling like if, if you put Ohio State when they still had everybody intact. Marvin Harrison Jr. was playing games. You know, Kyle McCord was still there, all that. When you put them up against Washington, you walked away from that game last night feeling like, man, Ohio State could have hung with this Washington team too if they were able to get some pressure on on um, Michael Penix the same way that that Michigan was. Like You felt pretty good about the idea that, that Ohio State would have had a chance in that game too because they played Michigan as close as anybody. The only other team that even really came close was uh, Alabama, and, and they walked away with the loss obviously in the semifinal round. So – I understand that perspective, and I understand why maybe some people would feel, okay, well, hey, it wasn't such a – they're not so far ahead of you. They're not light years ahead of you in terms of you trying to catch them now. But at the same time, dude, like I – it also just makes me reflect back on this year and realize how wasted of a season it was 
because this year, and we were saying it all year long, Nick, like there was not a dominant for sure, just going to boat race everybody to a national championship team. This was, this year was as wide open as anybody. And I feel like, like even the Michigan team that won last night, they had flaws too. They were a beatable team. Ohio state proved that in that last game of the regular season. Like there was, if you had the right team, you could have beat them. And if you had the right things, if you had things break your way, you could have beat them. If you don't maybe throw an exception on one of the first series of the game, like Kyle McCord did, you maybe beat that team. But, uh, and so for Ohio state, it's like you had a really good defense this year. You had a lot of weapons on offense. And because of mid quarterback play and a coach who thinks he's somebody he's not and clenches up in those moments and is afraid to, to go for it. You basically fall short of a year that also could have ended a national championship, similar to the year before where you felt like if Marvin Harrison jr. Doesn't get knocked out of the Georgia game, maybe you're playing for a national championship as well. So it, it just, it, it adds to me to this feeling that this year felt like it could have been so much more and you wasted it because you didn't add at the quarterback position. You put your stock in Kyle McCord, and because Ryan Day did what Ryan Day does, and he became James Franklin in a big moment. So I, I want to start here. Um, I, I do think, listen, I think yesterday, and I think Michigan's run this year has crystallized Ryan Day's failure uh, this season. And to me, his failure was not getting the offensive line right and or um, failing at the quarterback position. And I, I'm done with this revisionist history on Kyle McCord. He was bad. He wasn't very good. He's not a very good passer. He's got a one-read thing, and if you took Marvin Harrison Jr. off this team, Kyle McCord's numbers would have been, um, I don't know, like he should have been the quarterback at Pitt or Wisconsin 10 years or ago. Or Syracuse where he's going to be. maybe a Mac quarterback. <laughs> like I, I, He's a tremendous kid. He's not a very good quarterback, or he's not the level of quarterback. Now, I'm not saying that to pile on the kid. I just think this revisionist history that he's a top 10 quarterback because that's what his stats say prove that people talk out their ass and don't watch the football games. But getting back to it, this run by Michigan can crystallize the failure of Ryan Day, and it also then doesn't need to be heightened every time Michigan has success. Like, I think that's where, like, and I and I, I count, I keep calling him out because I, I really like and respect Anthony and because I know him to be a true Ohio State fan. He went to Ohio State. Um, but Lima and the panicking. Like, pan, oh, Michigan's, uh, Ohio State's never been more lost. Yes, they have. Yes, they have. And it was <laughs> five years. It was the end of the Earl Bruce era, and it was the beginning of the John Cooper era. And it feels really bleak right now. But it, I don't think necessarily that lines up with reality in the three losses to Michigan, you really only got boat raced once. And last year was a really competitive game. And here's the reason why I think we're all lost in the soup when it comes to Ohio state this year, Michigan was a, a I mean, in, they, they're just a much better team than you watch that game last night. Like as good as your defense or your defense was, you weren't getting the kind of pressure consistently that they got last night. They consistently affected and sped up the process process for Michael Penix Jr., who's one of the most electric players in college football. He turned into a pumpkin. He was yeah. Well, I mean, no, they turned him into a pumpkin. Let's give yeah, them yeah. that credit. Yeah. You know, like every time Michigan's done something this year, it's been oh well, that's because the other team did this. No, Michigan. Listen, Michigan is what I think you need to have 
and to win a championship in any in any level of football. They were dominant and ferocious up front on both sides of the ball. They were able to get after the quarterback consistently, no matter who that quarterback is, no matter the style of quarterback. They did it against Jalen Milrow the week before. They did it against Michael Penix, a completely different quarterback. They basically dropped a bunch of dudes into coverage and said, beat us on the intermediate. And it took Washington a half a football to start making those underneath throws. And then when, when you know, everybody talked about the over the field stuff with Michael Penix Jr., I saw him miss a lot of plays on the outside going to the sidelines that if he connects on four of those, the game is different. But he didn't. Why? Because they consistently generated pressure. And up front, that's a hell of an offensive line. And it showcased in how they were able to run the ball last night at a dominating clip where, what is it, uh, almost a half into the game, they had 150 rushing yards. So I, I get that, like both, I hate to use this cliche because it's now overused in sports talk, but both things are true. Ohio State missed the boat. Ryan Day failed this year. And Ohio State needs to get better. And Michigan was the better team this year. And they are the rightful national champions. And the reason why I say that is, remember, like th- there's this there's this parable being spewed across the, the ether that uh, Michigan is demonstrably better. No, this year's the first year I've seen. I've looked at them and said, well, they're better on the defensive line. They're better on the offensive line. They're better at quarterback. They're better here. They're better there. But like the gap between where Mitch, what'd you say? They're better at coaching. They're better at coaching. But like this is the like the gap between where Ohio State is and where Michigan is is nil. This isn't the Rich Rod era. People comparing this to the Rich Rod era or the Brady Hoke era are just fear mongering dipshits. It's just not true. (laughs) And so like, this is like, to me, this is why a lot of people couldn't run an NFL team or a college football team because they panic in the face of adversity. Yeah. And, and what I will give credit for Ryan day for is I think he knows how big of a failure this year was and how, because of his decisions, the situation he put the program in specifically this year, he also didn't panic on the way out of it. And he hasn't panicked at any point, whether it's the Michigan loss, the Cotton Bowl loss, 16 guys being in the portal. So at one hand, give Michigan their fucking flowers. They earned it. They were the best team in college football, no matter if it was by a mile or by an inch. And two, just because Michigan won the national title doesn't mean the sky is falling and the program's headed in the right, the wrong direction. It's not that hard to get back to where Ohio State was. Yeah. Because last year they lost to Michigan and they damn near went and went won the whole damn thing. I'm I'm like trying to avoid yeah, more yeah. f bombs, but I just think <laughs> I think I think it's I think it's showcasing a, a fragility show. in Ohio State fans that I think is a little embarrassing. Well, like, and if to, you really are the top dog, conduct yourself like a top dog. To add to your your commentary on the fragility of the fan base, I want to go back to. 2021 where Harbaugh drops the line about being born on third base because on some level, like the reason, first of all, he was right. I I think that Ryan day, like looking back, like that kind of rubbed me the wrong way too. I was like, Oh, Jim Harbaugh trying to add some spice to the rivalry. Here we go. That'll be fodder for next year and blah, 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 blah. And then he won two more times. And it was like, well, now you just kind of, kind of admit that he was right. And I think he was right twofold though. I think he was right about Ryan day. Ryan Day was handed that job, uh, a, a, a cushy, 
uh, coaching gig that everything was laid out for you because Urban Meyer was there before you and Jim Trussell was there before him. And you had this this brand that is out of this world that everybody knows, the Scarlet and Gray. And, you know, the every time they're on TV, you get Gus Johnson dropping the, the famous Ohio State Buckeyes. Like, th- th- he had all that in his corner. He had a great, great recruiting coming in. He had everything going his way. But whether or not he was a good coach was up for debate. And he outcoached him three straight years now where he proved that he's not necessarily the greatest coach and that it is more about it's it's not just about recruiting classes and brand. It's about actually being able to 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 huff it when you're out there on the field on the sidelines as the head coach of a team. And so I think he was right about that. But with those comments, the reaction from Ohio State fans, myself included, he was right about us. We thought we were just going to be handed the Michigan game every single year because that's what we had seen for over a decade now was, oh, Ohio State, Michigan's never going to get back to this again. Ohio State's going to own them for years to come. We all were sitting pretty, sipping on our drinks with a little umbrella in them, thinking that we had it made in the shade. And he he was right. Like, he was right about Ryan Day being born on third base. He was right about this fan base feeling like they were born on third base because we thought we could never have it better and it was never going to go away. And well, now he's turned it around and – so, and I will say to your point, the one positive that comes out of this is this: if, if this isn't a wake-up call, I don't know what is. So we're either going to know that Ryan Day is going to put up or shut up and he's going to actually get his shit together and go chase national championships and get back to prominence because of this and it's going to be a motivating factor, or it's going to be that we learn that he's just not the guy and it is time to move on from him. So that's the best thing that can come out of this. But obviously, in real time, like you hate to see it, but but yeah, I I think Jim Harbaugh was one hundred percent right about everything he said back then. I just want to welcome all you young Buckeye fans to the rivalry, because I grew up with John Cooper, and I grew up with like I was in high school when Jim Trestle took over, and so most of my most of me being cognizant of Ohio State Michigan football was Ohio State being on the ass end of that rivalry, and. This is a small window of time compared to what it was for the end of Bo Schembechler into Gary Moeller into Lloyd Carr, where for most of that time, almost a 20-year period, even though the games were competitive, they were still getting that win and they were still the more nationally relevant team. So I just would say to everybody, welcome to the rivalry, because this is what it looks like. And And, and and I'll also tell you this right now. I'm going to, I'm going to, I got to break down something real hard. The next person that says um, this rival, this championship doesn't count, or um, oh, they're just going to take it away. The NCAA. I'm sorry, you sound like the biggest effing loser on the planet. <laughs> like, I guys, I don't like losing. And honestly, we talked about it yesterday. My my partner, Mister Buckeye himself, Dustin Fox, said he was rooting for Michigan because it was good for the Big Ten. And I said, damn that, no. I want Michigan Ew. to be fired into the he sun. He said the, that on the air? He said that on the oh, air. Yes. It, Dustin, it, you have it changed, broke my, my heart. You it was have like, changed. It, it, was, it was like watching an idol. It was like watching Harvey Dent become Two-Face in front of your eyes. Now, as I digress, the point is, guys, if, if they were really just – if this was all about Connor Stallions, if that's all there was – Hey guys, they would have fallen apart the second they had to fire the kid. They would have fallen apart the second they had to fire the running back or the linebacker coach. They would have fallen apart the second that Sharon Moore had to coach six games this year, or it was four games, and then 
two other dudes coached single games. Like they spent half the season without their head coach. They, they were harassed and harangued by the NCAA, honestly, to a point of ridiculousness. And I get that they are completely in any way devoid of reality from Jim Harbaugh last night saying, oh, well, we're innocent. Guys, guilty people don't proclaim their guilt. Okay? Like, watch Law & Order sometime. Everybody thinks they've been hoodwinked or bamboozled. So, like, the idea that Michigan, now that they won a national title, is going to be like, we are so happy because we are guilty as shit. Get out of your own damn way. I don't give about the, I don't give a rip about the sign stealing. They were the best team in college football. And if you want to try and retroactively take away a title, here's what you are. You're a fucking loser. And I'm sorry to go there, but some of you need to act like you've been Ooh, in this thing before. Slice, because I'm just slice. telling you right now, that's some first-class bullshit. I'm so sick of the whining and crying for a bunch of pampered-ass little bitches who need to, yes, sometimes other teams win. And I get it. Life is hard. We don't get what we want. Mommy and Daddy give me what we want. Michigan was a better team. And Michigan should have been sidetracked. If they were a lesser program, they would have been sidetracked by the cacophony of crap that they went through this year, and in fairness, that they put themselves through. So they're not the victims, right? They're in no way innocent, but that's not why they won the national title. They won the national title because they were the best-built team in college football, because they played best on Saturdays every single opportunity they got, and because they're the best coach team in America this year. It's that simple. And if you think, and if you get some sort of sadistic satisfaction at the idea of the feckless, nutless, gutless NCAA stealing another national title away, which is a joke because it, it penalizes the kids and not the coaches, not the administration, then you, sir, are what I said, a loser. Can I say I, 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 I'm, I'm with you? And that was a very fiery, uh, fiery res, uh, resentment of that, of, that, of that take. I think A, I think uh, a lot of fans say that because they know that it, it, it's like the one thing they have to try to trigger Michigan fans is like, well, hey, it's going to get vacated anyway. So I think it's kind of a trolling thing. But I also will say we are a uh, we are very much watching a lot of Bluey these days with a one and a half year old at home. And all I know is season three, episode three of Bluey. The message was cheaters never prosper. And uh, yeah, Bluey lied to me. Yeah. Um, well, you know what? Apparently, Bluey never met Wall Street Bros. <laughs> I, I don't know why. I don't know why sports ha is the only place where everything has to be fair. And oh gosh, wouldn't it be great? Everything has to be effing Mayberry to people, especially in college athletics. And it's like, guys, the big bad wolf is at the door. And the big bad wolf is not just the Bagman or Connor Stallions. It's every bad faith actor in the sport. And it's impossible to eradicate them. College football has such bigger problems than Connor Stallions in this completely manufactured fiasco. And yes, they did things that you shouldn't do. They do things that are against the rules. Guys, welcome to college football. Your favorite politician does things against the rules. All right, that your your favorite YouTube blogger and podca podcast host, not me, of course, does things that ain't great, Bob. So like this idea of, oh, it's compromised. Oh, it's compromised. You sound like a bitter little baby. You sound like you should be watching season three, episode two of Bluey and maybe <laughs> consoling yourself with a, with a nice warm baba. Hey, Bluey doesn't lie, right? Bluey knows all. Um, well, th I think this does lead, though, into the question because th th with the cheating scandal and, and the science stealing and all this different stuff, 
we know the NCAA is still going to be knocking at that door. And this is part of the discussion about Jim Harbaugh's future, because I think he's at a point where he's like, I don't need to deal with all this bullshit anymore. I'm ready to go off and do other things. Plus we're hearing more and more smoke about the possibility that he could go. He talked about it last night. Let, let's hear, we'll play this audio. Why don't, and then we'll, why don't we take a quick break? Yeah, yeah, okay. And then we're going to okay. play the audio of Jim Harbaugh talking about his future, but not really. Plus the Michigan panic meter. Plus, I don't know if you know this, big name out there in the coaching circles that Ohio State fans are name horny about. We'll get to that. Drop your comments, though, uh, in the comment section here on YouTube, on 92.3 The Fans YouTube, or uh, send them to at Nick Wilson says at Spencito underscore on social media on X. But next. We got to get into all that, but first a word from our sponsors.